This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Welcome back. I'm here, even though I'm not feeling 100%. I had to break down and go get the... uh, antibiotics. I don't know uh, how bad I really needed them, but I was thankful that they prescribed them because I don't want to be sick going into Christmas. And um, I kind of got a sense of where this was going. These uh, sinus infections I've been prone to for about, I don't know, maybe 15 years or so. Not really sure why it popped up, but uh, man, what a pain. Used to be I would get like respiratory uh, you know, lung stuff, I guess, chest chest stuff. Now I get the sinus. I don't know which is worse. Anyway, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm kicking. Always at it. Uh, I was stacking a little firewood earlier. I got some new arrows in for my bow. My brother Mike has returned to the city of brotherly love. <laughs> yeah, right. Anybody believe in that? Now, anyway, he's back. So we're going to do a little shooting. I don't know when yet. Did I tell you I got my laser guided, uh, laser guided, laser sight? Uh, what do you call it? Slingshot. I don't, I'm, 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 I'm not warming up to it just yet, but the bow and arrow is awesome. So I'll get out there and fire off the pellet gun, get some shoot, shoot some bow and arrow, maybe do a little axe throwing, pee outside, you know, stuff that men do, basic stuff. I don't know. Maybe we'll get dirty. Maybe we'll throw a few curse words around. Dirty stuff like that, you know? Anyway, we'll see what's happening. Uh, I'm looking forward to the weekend. That's all I can tell you. I got a couple of big stories I wanted to share with you. I'm going to tell you right now. You're not going to hear about this stuff anywhere else. Um, Let me just give you the lineup real quick, and then we'll kind of get into it here. And we can see where it takes us, I guess. But all four of these big, big stories, as best as I can tell. The least of which, I guess, is this first one which is the Pentagon has investigated dozens of extremism cases within its ranks. We've got like a million people on active duty. Can you say people anymore? There's got, that sounds like a racial overtone in itself. Yeah, just make it... Just, <laughs> just grunt. I'm referring to people. No him, they. It's not so complicated anyways. <laughs> anyway, I'll quit messing around. The Pentagon investigated dozens of extremism cases. What kind of extremism cases would you guess? Like gangbangers or fanatical um, peacemakers? <laughs> no, it's not that. Um, then this one blew my mind. Poland, which quite frankly might be the only or one of the only sensible countries in Europe, Poland is saying that Europe is going to get attacked by Russia. What? Very interesting. Um, Why? I don't know. Maybe Russia wants a little retaliation for what they did in Ukraine. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit more. This blew my mind. Schools sending kids, in some cases with disabilities in handcuffs, they go to the HR, uh, the HR, the ER, 
for psych evaluations. School kids. What are you going to do? You're in the inner city. I got a lot to say about this. This last one is also mind-blowing. But I don't think it's as rare as people might think. This guy's got a, uh, he's a spoiled little brat. He's inherited this money. And he's got a $250 million bankroll that he is spending to start a communist revolution in this country. This is a guy who's starved for friends and meaningful relationships as best that I can tell. But let's talk about this uh, extremism within the Pentagon, okay? The Pentagon, they say, has investigated 183 whole instances of extremism in military ranks. 78 cases of troops advocating for, engaging in, or supporting the overthrow of the United States government or seeking to alter the form of government by unconstitutional or other unconstitutional or other unlawful means. Military, they say, has a well-documented extremism problem. People with extreme political ideologies, including white supremacists, have long used the military as a place to recruit and train new talent. Right? I'm going to tell you, I was just down at Paris Island, and uh, I'm sure this changes with the season, but there was an awful lot of brown skin in those ranks. You're telling me that the big problem is the neo-Nazis? They say a lot of neo-Nazis have turned out to be former Marines. In 2021, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin ordered a 60-day pause across all branches so they could take time to address the problem. What, because the Marines are neo-Nazis? Really? Really? Now, we have a better understanding of how bad the problem is, thanks to a new report from the DOD Inspector General called the Annual Report to Congress Pursuant to Fiscal Year 2021, NDAA Section 544. In other words, it was a requirement by uh, Congress to report on how well the handling the Pentagon is handling some of its problem areas, such as sexual assault, diversity and inclusion, responses to supremacist extremists, and criminal gang activity of members of the armed services. I'm going to tell you, um, it's not a lot in the Marine Corps. Um, the are uh, included 14 Army investigations. Um, for advocating or engaging in unlawful force or violence to achieve goals that are political, religious, discriminatory, or ideological in nature. 43 Army investigations advocating for terrorism in the United States or abroad. Um, It's very interesting to me what it doesn't say. It focuses on white supremacism and pointing the finger at white people. What could make white people want to join the military more? Forced vaccination. No, 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 we're not doing that anymore. Oh, okay. No, we can trust you now. How could anybody? Now they're going to use it as an excuse for immigration. Well, nobody wants to join the military. Yeah, because joining the military sucks. And you made it completely suck when when you took away any identity of masculinity, for one thing, 
when you criminalize the defending your, your country or standing up for yourself, for that matter, forcing vaccinations, forcing acceptance of all kinds of ludicrous gender requirements, all kinds of bogus rules and, and bureaucracy and red tape that have done nothing but destroy the warfighting capability of our military. Maybe the extremism that they're finding is just a natural consequence to that. I don't know. Poland, one of the more sensible countries in Europe, wouldn't you say? I don't know. What do I know? I don't really know anything about Europe. They seem to be more sensible. My wife's Polish. My grandmother on my father's side was Polish. You know, these are my people in a sense. I mean, for God's sake. (laughs) Poland, uh, says that there's an impending Russian attack that could come within the next three years. The head of Poland's National Security Agency said they could expect a Russian attack within the next 36 months. Argued that Russia could attack Poland, Estonia, Romania, and Lithuania as they are on NATO's eastern flank. He said if we want to avoid war, NATO countries on the eastern flank should adopt a shorter three-year time horizon to prepare for confrontation. This is the time when a potential must be created on the eastern flank that would be a clear signal deterring aggression. Therefore, it is necessary to further increase the number of Polish troops. This comes after Germany issued a warning so that Europe needs to be on high alert to Russian escalation that could result in a direct attack. Their time frame was a little different, saying that war in Ukraine could spread across Europe. With its imperial ambitions, Russia represents the greatest and most urgent threat to NATO countries. I don't think so. I don't believe it. Maybe they'll provoke Russia. You know, the the Western capitalism is relying on the Industrial, the uh, military-industrial complex. They need war, 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 whether there's something to fight about or not. Pretty sickening, really, when you think about it. So let me talk about this story for a little bit. Schools sending kids to the ER. Um, this is about a school district... What happened here? Three times a week on average. Here we go. A police car pulls up to a school on Maryland's eastern shore. A student brought out, handcuffed, and placed inside for transport to a hospital emergency room for psychiatric psychiatric evaluation. Over the past eight years, the process has been used at least 750 times on students, some as young as five years old. The state law that allows for these removals, known as Petitions for Emergency Evaluation, is meant to be limited to people with severe mental illness who are endangering their own lives or safety or someone else's. It's the first step towards getting someone involuntarily committed to a psychiatric hospital. Let me stop there a second. I can't imagine this ever happening at my daughter's school, much less to my daughter to get a call to say, hey, we've had to have the police remove your daughter and and she's at the emergency room. 
getting a psychiatric evaluation. So I, I don't know what kind of school district we're talking about here. Maryland's Eastern Shore. I don't know. It didn't say Baltimore, but, you know, this, uh, these articles could go. I could look into it, but I don't think it's Baltimore, put it that way. But I don't know the the you know how poor it is and what the demographic is. Because usually with the lower income demographics a very good predictor that there's gonna be increase in mental health, other needs, violence, all goes kinda hand in hand. Not to say that it doesn't happen in the higher incomes, especially when people start getting a little loopy, like now, but generally it becomes hand in hand. And I wanna talk about this a second. And I don't know that I have a point in here. I'd just like to kind of illustrate this a little bit, maybe help people understand. I was uh, talking to a, a friend of mine who's a firefighter the other day. They showed me a photograph from inside of a house that they were in. The very small home, relatively poor section of town. And uh, the basement was covered in clothes, not made it to the washing machine. Kitchen, disgusting. Bathroom, I mean, really disgusting. Counters not visible in the kitchen, trash everywhere, bugs. Food laying out for extended periods of time, days, weeks. And as soon as I saw the pictures, I knew exactly what was going on. I knew exactly what was going on. Maybe one of two things. In some limited cases, it may have been mental illness. You see that. Um, but in most cases, it's drugs. It's the party house. And it goes something like this. But it, it comes from all over, ages. Either the, the young guy who's 22, 23, 24, 25, and he gets a good gig somewhere working, right? And maybe he's a HVAC tech or a plumber. You know, right now, a young plumber can easily be pulling in 60, 70, 80 grand with overtime. And maybe the guy runs a little a little hard, right? He gets home, he's cracking his beers, and he likes his women fast, too. Maybe she's a bartender or something. She's working late, she gets into the coke. And I, there's a million of these stories. I mean, I could tell you one that hits close to home. I knew this guy, he ran the local deli. And uh, he go. He started going out to this place. His wife weren't connecting. Yada yada yada. And he ends up going down to this local club. I'll just say this: if you, if you guys, if anybody listen to this, you're going out to the bar. You're going out to the club. Do yourself a favor. Stop. Anyway, nothing good ever comes from it. Nothing. Anyway, so you're just going down to the club. And the way I told it, heard the story, then uh, somebody's throwing some pills around and popping some pills. It's fun, you know? <laughs> Having a few drinks. Ooh, you just put the put it on uh, afterburner. Then as the story goes, uh, there was some type of infidelity with a woman of a local person. I don't know the truthfulness of all that. But apparently it blew up big time. And... Um, as a result of that, the guy starts doing heroin. And I don't really know anything about these drugs. I, I, can you take heroin in pill form? I believe you can. I don't think he was using needles. And um, 
the whole story. I knew the family. Uh, he ended up dying. Um, I'm not even sure it was an OD. I really don't even know. I went and spoke to him. I stayed away from it. Um, finally, I went and spoke to him. Um, he had reached out to me, and I went and spoke to him. And I met with him in his backyard, and we sat and talked for a little bit. And I didn't even really try to um, make any recommendations for him because it was clear to me he just wasn't in that frame of mind. He was a total denial. He's, he's saying to me, you know, you know how it's like. I'm like, um, no, I really don't, buddy. I don't know how it's like at all. You know, he's just looking for any kind of support. His family had abandoned him. And it was all the drugs. But anyway, um, back to the schools and the kids. Um, I've seen this firsthand. You know, so you got the guy, he's a mechanic, his girlfriend, they start doing a little of this. They like speed. You know, the pot thing usually goes a little differently. Um, you get two parents that are uh, heavy pot smokers. Um, they can definitely crank out some weird family environments. But they're usually more functioning. It's the speed stuff, the heroin, the coke. I mean, you don't even hear about coke anymore. Nobody does that kind of... Everybody's doing something much, much... Fentanyl, more common than you think. And um, anyway, you know, they start partying, and then, you know, pretty soon they're partying all the time. You know, it's a lot. And then next thing you know, she's pregnant. And I've seen situations where you go in, just as I described that, that house, that row home, where they're in an apartment, it just stinks. There'll be beer bottles, cans, liquor bottles on the floor, maybe vomit on the floor. Nasty, right? Just, un, you know, really disgusting. And then you go into one bedroom, and in the corner, there will be a blanket, maybe a pillow, maybe not, and like a toy. That's the kids in school. That's where he sleeps, he or she. No toys, no, this is what they're living in. These are, these are the ones that they won't take out because it's not bad enough. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Who do you think they're seeing down in Baltimore? I couldn't begin to tell you. Couldn't begin to tell you. I have absolutely seen. Uh, I come, you know, from many years living in a small town. You see a lot. Generational drug addicts, weird sexual deviancy. I wouldn't be surprised. In some cases, incest. They just um, the um, willingness to engage in violence is much freer on the kids, wives, females, gay lovers, you name it. Plenty of guys, you know, that going on where they're uh, not just guys, girls. Maybe the guy's got a boyfriend on the side. All this stuff creates enormous problems. You know, you want all the people that, oh, the LGBTQ, home, and the guy's girlfriend's like, what? <laughs> Not everybody's into that. Right? Weird, I know. Back to the kids before I get too far off target, right? When you have a kid trying to live in an environment like that, um, now, there's all kinds of problems that come with that for the kid. The 
kid's not going to be able to get the cooperation he needs to deliver on his schoolwork. He can't rat out the parents because they'll beat him. So he's going to do something else to get in trouble to cover or create a diversion or make sure that he doesn't have to go on the field trip because he's not going to have the money or you're not going to have his bag lunch or something as stupid as that. Life becomes very, very different. I'm not taking a side except for the kid, I guess. But So now this kid shows up at school next to your kid, my kid. This kid, he's taught that when a girl is giving him a hard time, you hit him. That's what he sees. That's what they talk about. What do you think he's going to do? Same thing. The way they talk, the way they're being raised, and the child becomes very conflicted. You know, he pushes somebody down. That's what he's being taught to do. You know, be disrespected. You stand up for yourself. Oh, that's what he was doing. Now suddenly it's a problem. Maybe the parents even arguing on the kid's behalf. Don't you tell my Billy the sheep started that with him or whatever. Can you imagine the schools in the middle of all this? Or one in five million, I'm giving you, you know, one of a billion bizarre scenarios that the schools are dealing with every day where Billy shows up and says, I want to be called Barbie. Now you got that dynamic and hitting girls and so forth. You know what I'm saying? So what the hell is the school supposed to do? They say, I need to bring back prayer in schools. What prayer is that? Eh, Teachers need to be able to hit kids. Better not touch my kid, that's all I'm going to tell you. Are you serious with everything going on in the schools? Would you seriously advocate for the teachers engaging in corporal punishment? Uh, I'm going to say no. So where does that leave us? You know, the school is forced to deal with this kid, not equipped to deal with it, no support to deal with it. Next thing you know, they've got the police involved. And you wonder why nobody wants to be a, be a cop. So then they'll enact some, you know, weird rule to say, no, you, you can't, you know, handcuff the kids anymore. Or you can't do this unless he specifically, you know, actually engages in some violent act or whatever bizarre threshold that they create. And then the school's sitting there, and you're going, this kid just hit my daughter. And they're like, there's nothing we can do. And not only that, they can't sit there and be like, listen, I'm sorry, but the state legislature's lost their mind and imposed these draconian laws. No, they can't say that, because they'll be fired for that. They're stuck. I see it. i got a buddy of mine. His uh, brother is a teacher in the school district next to ours. This is the next to us where I tell you the real money is. And um, this school district's incredible. And I listen to this, I'm like, this is just mind-blowing to me that this stuff is going on. I'm sure it's going on here, too. Um, I just don't think there's enough of it, fortunately. Yet, it'll come. It'll be destroyed. So let's talk about this fun-filled character a second. This guy, um, his name is is Fergie Chambers. He's the heir to... um, I forget the family. Do they have it here? But uh, the businesses that they own are on um, 
Carfax, and uh, they're big into businesses around auto, maybe AutoZone. I'm not sure about that. I should have pulled these notes out here, but I didn't. Um, but either way, this guy, he comes from a family of big money, and he said he wanted out. I guess they give him a buyout, $250 million from this multi-billion dollar family. So this putt settles for, you know, like, just take $250 million and, and go away, right? And um, he's taking this, and he wants to start a communist revolution. He's got this place up in New Hampshire, um, this training area, this gym. He's bailing people out of jail, one of these people. Um, and he's talking. I mean, it's just, I guess he's angry at his family, like some kind of pushback. And it's funny. Here's what I wanted to say about this. I mean, first of all, as far as this guy, like, I mean, you're trying to paint the picture here that he's, uh, building some kind of training camp in the United States. And I'm like, I, I think we have bigger fish to fry. But this stuff has always gone on where you get some somebody with some land or some money or some both, and they're going to have meetings out there, and we're going to talk about making things right around here. And it's always been a little bit of that underbelly going on. I've seen some of that when I was a kid. Farmers, some of them, too, they get riled up, have a meeting. I don't say we're down there with some pitchforks. You know, you get all wound up, right? And uh, and start throwing some some threats around like anybody. Seen it happen. So it it does happen in that regard. But I want to talk about this kid inheriting this $250 million. I cut my teeth doing uh, active adult housing. I think I was mentioning this. If not, it was a different discussion. doesn't really matter, but... I had a big run-up in my career developing these over 55 communities, legally age-restricted communities. And um, it was really the beginning of the generation of selfish. I mean, I went to seminars, training classes, and I don't know if the the marketing was designed to convince them that they were selfish to spend the money maybe. Um, But either way, whether it was by you know, mind uh, games or in reality, the the baby boomers were being, you know, labeled selfish. That They were the generation that was not going to leave it to their kids. Now, why wouldn't they? Well, selfish, I'm going to spend it. I'm not going to leave it to them. Okay. So these are people that, like I say, they're on my side of the wealthy. <laughs> you're not really wealthy. That you know what I mean. If you if you have the ability to spend, that you're not really wealthy, right? Um, you go over on the other side where I say the real money is, and they probably can't spend everything that they have in some of those families. That's real wealth, and I'm talking about. Um, so there's a little bit of a differentiation there. But either way, this idea of, of leaving nothing to the children, the parents used to feel an obligation uh, to leave something to the children. And then that ended. And I know like with my parents, they were openly defiant about any help after I became an adult. Now you've seen the pendulum swing very much on that, right? Parents are housing, health care, and all kinds of things are much older. And uh, I kind of get it. Um, I know a young guy living with his parents, about the same age as my son, and um, I've been telling him, you know, start looking to get out, buddy. 
But it's smart to get yourself financially right first. I would agree with that. Um, but anyway, I don't get too far off point. The point I was trying to make is with this generation of selfish. And now you got this kid, this product of uh, wealthy, handed down money, weird looking dude. And it's like, what does this guy do for society? Where do these people even come from? Somebody started a business and got lucky in the thing. I don't know. It's crazy how it grows. Um, talk about, I mean, how does, talk about the claim, the, the argument against allowing inheritance like that. You know, it's like the DuPont family. I'm like, what, what is the current generation of DuPonts done for this mass, mass wealth and in some ways destruction as well? Why isn't that somehow repatriated back to the people? Well, 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 well. It can be. It can be. And I think that AI and technology are one of the ways that that's a possibility. What do I mean? Um, it's not really why I brought this whole thing up, but, um, you know, where you could have, well, take uh, creating the perfect electric automobile. You know, is AI going to be able to do that? To where you're like, I, I don't need auto designers. You realize what we're talking about? Now, I don't know about in the world of cars, but maybe add into that 3D printing and you freaking print your, you order your, your tires and your batteries on Amazon and you print your car or whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm just giving you a bizarre example. I don't know that there would even really be a need for that. But I just see the ability for real-world solutions to come in very simple ways. Uh, a buddy of mine, my buddy Mike, who's come out, we talking about archery. We got talking about the price of bows, and because of my size and I'm left-handed, to get into a decent compound, you're going to be $750, $800. And I just, it's not, I'm not into it to get into big, into archery. I'm going to do a little shooting to have fun and blast off some arrows. The recurve is fine. I kind of prefer it. And, um, we were talking, he said, you know, there's no reason that you can justify $800 for that bow. You know, if you look at the parts and the materials that are in it, it just simply isn't worth that. And uh, I break this up like the Ford Lightning I told you I drove. $100,000 truck. I said, keep it. What do you mean? It's beautiful. This thing drove amazing. I, I've never driven a vehicle with a performance like that. And you don't have to wait. <laughs> you know, there's no chirping. It's, it's like driving the Millennium Falcon. The problem is if you turn the heat on, you can only go about four miles. And to me, it's just ridiculous to, to do that. But the other ridiculous is the $100,000 for a pickup truck. And my buddy and I agreed. You know, there's only going to be a matter of time that people are going to solve these things in new ways. And that this technology, and I wonder if that's not what, why you don't have like the big, the big uh, tech companies quickly trying to gobble up and stop AI. No, 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 we need to control it. They don't get it under control. It's it's going to be their fortunes that are going to be gone. Imagine if AI could wake you up and you could run your little farmette, how to, how to farm on a quarter acre ground and live off the land, and AI would tell you, hmm, interesting possibilities. I'm just naming a few. Anyway, I got off the point. This guy, he's got a lot of money, $250 million. 
does that make the case for more regulation, less inheritance? How do you feel about that? Somebody will give you the other cry story, you know, the the family farm that Johnny's been running, and I've seen some of that as well. That's a real story. You know, children that work hard to keep those businesses rolling. Anyway, uh, I'm not feeling the best. I got this uh, antibiotics going. Um, Hopefully I'll be getting better. God willing, I'll be back on Friday. If not, I'll see you Sunday or Monday. Either way, hope to see you there. Make it a great day.